Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Report. I'm your host, Jake Burns. Before we get started today and bring in our guest, I want to give a big shout out to our presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. Make sure you are going to BetOnline using the promo code BLUEWIRE to get a welcome bonus and bet on the MLB and NBA that are back in front of us and get in on some NFL futures as well. Again, betonline.ag using the promo code BLUEWIRE. Now, we are going to shift over and look at redrafting the 2007 draft where we will have, for the first time, the opportunity for the Browns to keep one of their first-round picks. You know his name. We'll get to it. The Browns selected uh, with pick three, Joe Thomas. We'll dive into that in a minute. They also picked in the first round by trading up and giving up their 2008 first-round pick. Uh, moved up to get Brady Quinn at pick 22. At pick 53, they took Eric Wright from UNLV, the uh, the cornerback who had a decent little run with Cleveland. And then we're going to redraft the fourth-round pick as well. Nobody really else noteworthy that came in this class, uh, but the top end was obviously a very productive uh, first pick in this draft. We're only going to eliminate two names, Calvin Johnson, which we will talk about, Jamarcus Russell, one of those you would like to have the other you would not care to have. Uh, but we're excited because 2007, we get to talk about some pretty fun names, you know, at the top of the very top draft heavy group in terms of players that were productive. You know, when we looked at the 2006 draft, it had some players in the back half that were, that were really productive players and great value picks. So we will try to redo the picks the Browns made, including their trade for the 22nd pick, try to do our best. Before we jump over to our guest, I am going to remind you of the great opportunities over at Deal Dash, where you could take the opportunity to get in on quick auction, right? So get in, you know, once you place your bid, the the, the next person only has 10 seconds to, to, to beat that bid. So you can you can walk out of there with some electronics, a whole bunch of different fun items that you can get for really cheap. So take advantage of the promo code using Breakdown as the promo code for us here at the OBR. You could do that at dealdash.com. Make sure you're getting over there today. Take advantage of some awesome opportunities to win some great items. Let's get over to uh, you know site founder Barry McBride, who is going to help me redraft the 2007 NFL Draft. So Barry, we have an actual situation where the Browns made a really good pick at the top of the draft, and we're going to talk about that obviously, but. Um, you know, fill me in on what you remember most about the 2007 draft for the Browns at the time that it happened. What I remember most about the 2007 draft uh, was that we had a big draft party mm. at um, Roma's, which was then opened down, I, I think, in Independence 
south of Independence, a little bit. I forget exactly where it was. But uh, it was a heck of a party. We had uh, a lot of people attend. This is when, you know, on Saturday you had round one and round two, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I distinctly remember, in addition to a whole bunch of other things that day, that when Joe Thomas got selected, uh, the roar from the OBR people at this uh, at this restaurant was just unbelievable. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, I think it was Sobo who bought me some shots <laughs> to celebrate them, <laughs> picking the offensive tackle, left tackle that we wanted wanted for years. Uh, and it was a great party. By the time that uh, the Browns drafted in the second round, uh, I was largely incapable of writing. <laughs> I, I, I think it took like five of us for me to compose a uh, two-paragraph story on Eric Wright. So very memorable draft for me. Yeah, I, 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 I remember being – this was – 2007 was my senior year of high school. So I'm obviously super into this stuff at this point. I just remember being really weirded out that, that somebody wouldn't be at the draft in the top, like, 15 picks. And, like, this guy's out on a fishing boat? That's interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously knew how good Joe was. Um, was really excited for the Browns to get a quarterback at some point, which it ended up working out at the time. Did not work out in the future. But uh, um, just really being like, man, this is the first round. I, I just remember thinking, like, this is the first round that – that could define the next 10 years of Brown's offensive football. Obviously, it worked out for Joe Thomas. He had six all-pro seasons, the most of anybody in this class. Uh, surprisingly enough, though, Barry, the thing that's interesting is that Joe did not have the highest, according to Pro Football Reference, who I use for these stat sorting and things of that nature, the weighted career approximate value. Okay, So they kind of weight careers. Adrian Peterson mm-hmm. is the number one the number one player here on this list. So if we look at guys' career production – uh, what they were able to do with their career. And they, I think they use a whole bunch of different metrics for this thing. Not that it's the end-all, be-all, but it's interesting to look at it. Um, when we pick third, there's only two guys off the board at that point. Obviously, one player we are not even going to remotely consider, Jamarcus Russell. The second player is a guy who, um, if he plays more than the nine seasons that he played, Calvin Johnson probably could have gone down as the best receiver to ever do it. And if you talk to some people, there's there some people that put him right there with Jerry Rice, uh, Randy Moss. Terrell Owens, the, the names that have put up the numbers. And he's fantastic. But I'm going to stick with Joe Thomas here um, at pick three, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to do the same. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Um, this uh, may be one of the very, very few occasions during this series of redrafts that we're doing where we actually picked the guy that the Browns picked and could not improve upon that. I mean, Adrian Peterson's the only other one you could even really consider uh, because he's had a, a, a very long career and productive career for a running back. Uh, but there's no way I would pick anyone other than Joe Thomas. Um, you know, uh, the Browns haven't hit many picks out of the park. They hit this one out of the park. Yeah, I agree. So with, with Johnson and off the board, the, the only player worth considering there is his Peterson. There are, I mean, you could make a case. I mean, it depends on how much you value linebacker. Uh, Patrick Willis had a whale of a career for seven yeah. seasons. He was picked 11th. Obviously, uh, um, five Pro Bowls, or sorry, five All Pro seasons. Darrell Rivas is in this draft, too. You could make that argument. Some consider mm-hmm. Darrell Rivas the best man to man corner, uh, other than Deion Sanders, uh, to play in the modern era. Four Pro Bowls, or sorry, seven Pro Bowls, four first team All Pros. Those guys are, all three are tied. 
Patrick Willis, uh, Darrell Rivas, Joe Thomas all tied at 91 on the career value. Adrian Peterson, 97. So he's first overall uh, in that list. So, yeah, but I, I don't think it's debatable. And, and this is a little bit of us being tied to the nostalgia of Joe Thomas and what he did for Cleveland and how good of a person he was. And, you know, we can in this situation for the first – this is the first unquestionable pick, right? I think you could – probably argue it and you could pay, take Revis and then take some of these linemen who were drafted later who had really good careers but uh um for this case this situation I think Joe Thomas is 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 not a guy you can really debate with here especially how we saw how well he played for teams that didn't didn't necessarily mean all too much so um imagine if Joe was playing motivated football all the not that he wasn't motivated but things that really mattered you know it would have been... Uh... Yeah, exactly. And, and he put up with the uh, losing and the Browns culture uh, as well as anyone you could ever, you know, hope for at that position. And, you know, it helps in this draft that there are absolutely no quarterbacks of, of great interest. Uh, I mean, you've got Jamarcus Russell at the top of the draft. Uh, and then uh, the pick we're about to talk about was the only other quarterback uh, selected in the uh, first round, so really weak quarterback class. Uh, perfect spot for Joe Thomas, and uh, got to go with what the Browns did. Yeah, so you mentioned the quarterback. The Browns obviously move up. They go um, up from their second round pick, and they trade their first round pick in 2008 to Dallas to move to 22 to take hometown Brady Quinn. Look, I wasn't a Notre Dame fan by any stretch of the imagination, but he's from Columbus. He's from the Dublin area, and. Um, you know, all of the quotes were so fantastic, and I, I just, I didn't think Brady was a world beater by any stretch of the imagination, but I certainly thought the guy had a chance to be really good, and um, was hoping against everything that it would be in Cleveland that didn't pan out, and there are still plenty of great names left on the board here that they could have selected. Uh, if we look at the all-pro list and Pro Bowl list, I'm interested who you took here. Well, um... Back in the day, back in 2007, Brady Quinn was a pretty popular choice uh, among the folks at the uh, boisterous draft party back in 2007. Uh, but, uh, you know, at this point, I think you can make a really strong case for two players. Uh, you can make a case for Joe Staley, who had a very good career, uh, 12 starting seasons, uh, you know, during his time there. Uh, and... He played a little bit of right tackle, so you can make the argument, hey, between Thomas and Staley, you'd have your bookends, you know, for the next decade, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, given the fact that he uh, wound up playing most of his career at left tackle, he's a little bit superfluous here. So the guy I'm going to pick is Eric Weddle. Um, he's a star safety who wound up playing most of his career for San Diego, uh, played a little bit for the Baltimore Ratbirds, just a very solid career. Uh, in the defensive backfield at a position where uh, the Browns, uh, you know, have needed some help over the years. So he's my pick. I cheated a little bit too, probably in an actual redraft where you could look at these careers and say, I want to, if you were doing all 32 teams, it'd be different. Um, mm -hmm. I would, I would, we've done, you've been involved in some of these redrafts with me. And we, even though I've made fun of the Browns, I have not always drafted offensive line talent. Um, and I, and I would, in a redraft, take Marshall Yonda here. I'm going to give you that he's my next pick, uh, who started the interior for Baltimore's offensive line for a long time. And uh, 10 seasons 
eight Pro Bowls, two All-Pro seasons. But I also took Eric Weddle because um, when you're looking at this and who the Browns have available at certain picks since they moved up and lose some of their mid-round guys, I also think Eric Weddle is a hell of a player, especially in San Diego. He, he had a nice tail end of his career in, in Baltimore, and then in, I think he finished up there with the Rams. But, yeah, when he was with San Diego, back when it really was San Diego, um, just a hell of a football player, and I think he makes a ton of sense there. So if we move to pick, um, I think it was pick 55? You no, know, 53 where they took Eric Wright. Eric Wright had a decent career, 92 games. Um, not not anything to write home about, but was a solid contributor. I think he played out his rookie contract, and I'm not sure if they gave him another contract. Nope, just his four years here. But, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he had nine interceptions in his in his time here, and was a solid. And, and this is more than you can say. He was an actual contributor to – uh, a realistic contributor for four seasons, but there are much better options on the board at pick 53. Who would you take there? Well, uh, with regard to Eric Wright, um, I, you know, he was a bit of a risk at the time coming out of UNLV. Mm-hmm. You know, he hadn't really played against the best competition. Uh, but the thing I remember about Eric Wright is that his dad was an enthusiastic participant in the water during those years. Uh, it was really cool having, you know, his perspective shared with the fans in the water cooler back in those days. But uh, you mentioned the guy I'm going to pick here, and that's Marshall Yanda. Um, very flexible lineman. He played three different spots for the Ratbirds. Uh, he was a third-round pick for Ozzie Newsome. Eight Pro Bowls and ten seasons as a starter. He's not Joe Thomas, but with Thomas and Yanda, you have the makings of a very formidable uh, offensive line there. So, um, you know, the, Ryan Khalil, you know, as a center, had a pretty good career. But if I had to pick anyone, I would reach down to the, the third round and, and snag Marshall Yada. All right, we are doing the exact same. These are not planned, by the way. We have these on, <laughs> and we go back and forth live. Now, this draft was one of the more top-heavy drafts, so I think it was pretty easy to make the picks that we made so far and balancing it out. This one has a lot of ones and twos next to names that were had the best careers. Very few, a couple fours and threes sprinkled in there, but the Browns don't have a third or fourth round pick in this one. So, uh, and the highest non-early pick was Yonda. He had, a, he had a, um, I think, a career value of 88 for his career. So he's just behind Joe Staley. A couple second round guys there. We took Weddle, David Harris, but he was pick 47. So the Browns wanted him. They'd have had to take him in pick 22. A Michigan linebacker. Um, then you said Ryan Khalil, but he's off the board. Then there's a couple fourths and a couple thirds. There's not a ton of names on the board when we get up to to, to pick uh, our pick in the fifth round, which is pick uh, 140. So do you have a name that you would have selected in this spot? Well, it's, uh, as you pointed out, it's uh, not a strong draft at the bottom of the draft. Um, but uh, one guy who sort of stood out to me, uh, is uh, tight end uh, Brent Selleck, mm. uh, who uh, out of Cincinnati, uh, who was drafted by the Eagles, had a pretty solid career for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was picked in the sixth round, actually, I think. Uh, maybe it was the fifth round. Uh, I'm not sure. But it was, uh, uh, you know, a little bit after the Browns pick was available. And uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't know if you're going to pick someone out of this group uh, who uh, – uh, is more intriguing, but uh, uh, I I looked at a lot of different names, and uh, Selick was the only one that really stood out for me. <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you. That's a good pick. I think he sort of didn't the end of Selick's career sort of tie into when they drafted Zach Ertz. 
I think that's when Philly's had a nice run of like long term tight ends, and then they have Dallas Dallas Goddard now too, kind of at the tail end of Ertz's career. I think I could be missing a right. guy in there. Um, yeah, Yonda played through. I'm uh, not Yonda, but uh, Selleck played uh, straight through to 2016, I think. So wow. he had a nice yeah, career. He did have a nice career. It's a long one. I am probably going to go. There's two people I'm in, in, interested in here. You could make a really good case for Ahmad Bradshaw, um, who had a nice run in New York where he ran for 5,000 mm-hmm. yards, 36 touchdowns, caught for 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns. I probably will go with Ahmad, Ahmad Bradshaw because it's really nice to get fifth-round running backs that make an impact. Um, who can who yeah. can be difference makers over a stretch of time, and they're cheap and they're rookie deals. You could make a case for William Gay, who played for Pittsburgh seven seasons as a starter, um, mm-hmm. had a, had a nice run in their defensive backfield. So if you're taking Selleck, I gotta change it up a little bit. I would go with Amon Bradshaw <laughs> um, out of out of Marshall here in the same sort of region. So um, yeah, this is a fun one, man. This is weird because I did the one with uh, Sobo before the weekend. In 2006 was very mid to back heavy. This one is, you know, you have Hall of Famers all over the top of this thing. Peterson, Thomas, Willis, Revis, Joe Staley, Marshall, Yonda, Eric Weddle, are, and Calvin Johnson are all Hall of Famers. I th- and you can even, Marshawn Lynch is in this draft who runs for 10,500 yards. Um, yeah, so you absolutely. Can make a, you can make a case even for Ryan Khalil, who we mentioned too. So. This was a fun one. It is nice to do these where the Browns have an early pick and they got it right. Shouts out to Joe Thomas, one hell of a football player. So, um, Absolutely. Listen, this is always fun, Barry. I appreciate you coming on, man. All right. No problem at all. We'll, uh, we'll do this again real soon. All right. That's a wrap on the 2007 Browns NFL Redraft. This is, a, this is a fun concept. We're doing well. We're getting along, moving toward the 2010s when things got even more bleak, believe it or not. Um, so, yeah, hang with us. It'll get, it'll get even crazier as the names are more and more familiar to you. Big thanks to Barry for joining us, taking time out of his evening to go through the redraft. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Join us at the OBR. I keep reminding you the season's approaching. whole bunch of news going on. We have a great insider forum that's popping up. Make sure you're joining us there and also subscribing to iTunes and this channel specifically for your daily delivery from the Orange and Brown Report. And also make sure you're checking out the OBR Film Breakdown as well, where we have some great guests and do a little bit more long-form stuff as well. So again, thanks for joining us. We will be back tomorrow for the 2008 redraft in a very weird uh, draft where the Browns did not have a pick in the first three rounds. We're going to bring in Fred Greetham to do that one. So until next time, go Browns. Go Browns.